A lot can happen in three years, like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri Term Medical Plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget friendly coverage that lasts nearly three years in some states. Learn more at uh1.com. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Down the block, Andrew Gunn. Inside for Elba. Elba will score. Elba will score. Newcastle and one. G'day guys, welcome back to the Rugby League Guru Podcast. Going to have our Round 12 Rapid Review Indigenous Round. What a round it was. Uh, some big movers, some big upsets in this round as well. A couple of teams uh, really starting to establish themselves. Some teams that we thought were struggling, starting to turn around. And uh, some of the battlers, uh, they just keep battling, unfortunately. But let's get into the Rapid Review. Got to head into Bloke in the Bar Studios very soon. So we'll smash through this. Melbourne Storm 28 over the Manly Seagulls 8. Uh, Melbourne never really looked out of this game game for me. Um, I never at any point really thought they were going to lose. I uh, thought they were the better side in this one. Manly, obviously, without uh, Tommy Turbo move Ruben Garrick back into the one jersey. Thought he did well. Uh, George Tafua, though, there's no doubt about that. He really did struggle. Um, I hate to say it, but I think that might be the last time we see uh, Georgie Tafua. I think you'll see Jason Saab come back in, uh, which is unfortunate because he's been such a good player for such a long time, but uh, just another example of how fucking hard first grade is. Georgie scored, scored a try did well, uh, but defensively there were a number of issues there. So hopefully I'm wrong. Hopefully he's given another shot and he can uh, bounce back, but wasn't overly pretty there the other day. Jerome Hughes, uh, fuck, he makes a difference. I I think he might be the low-key MVP of this side. You know, they lose Ryan Pappenhausen. They're okay. Uh, They lose Jerome Hughes, though, and all of a sudden they're they're in some serious curry. They lost Harry Grant the other night. Um, They were okay. Jerome Hughes, he seems to be the real key to this side, and I think that Cameron Munster plays better when Husey is on the field. Uh, Munster really struggled the week before. This weekend, I mean, scored the try off the scrum, just made DCE look silly. We'll talk about that right side in a moment. Uh, but some of the one-on-one strips and stuff that Munster came up with, he's just on another level. I thought Cheese, that was probably one of his better games over the last five or six weeks. Uh, for me, Kamakamika, though, that was the best game I've seen him playing quite some time. He was really damaging, had a line break at one point. Uh, very, very impressive. For the Manly Seagulls, that right edge, DCE, Olakowatu and Kola, they missed 11 tackles between them. Uh, you can't be doing that against the Melbourne Storm in that one area. And, I mean, there was a number of times that guys went through their untouched touch that don't go down as missed tackles like the scrum for example uh that dca missed on cam munster so all of a sudden you're looking at 12 missed tackles and that's just simply off the dome for me uh i thought Olkawatu. outside of that um fuck he gets through a lot of work we spoke about this a few weeks ago on bloke in a bar talking about how Olkawatu, you know he's damaging and all this but he just tackles his dick off every week uh takes a lot of hit ups he, he was great again uh storm 28 manly seagulls eight uh melbourne storm they'll be stoked to get that one before origin hits their side that's a big 
Big win for them there, especially off the back of the last two weeks, losing two in a row. It's not very often the Melbourne Storm lose three in a row. I think it's only happened under Bellamy once or twice, I think, random stats guy said, and all of them were during the origin period. So the Melbourne Storm, I'm sure they'll be stoked to get a bounce back in that one. All right, the Thursday night game, we we commentated this one on Hijack. Thank you for joining us if you did. If you'd like to have a listen to the audio from it, we dropped that about two days ago, so you can go and have a listen to that. We will, we will be doing at least one of these every single weekend, and this weekend I'll be getting one of my best mates uh, to come and join me. We'll have a couple of blokes, we'll order some pizzas, uh, and we'll sit there and commentate one of the games for you. I'll let you know which one it is. If you're sick of uh, Ennis yelling at you and Blocker putting you to sleep, come and join us, come and have a listen, and I'll answer some of your questions on the Instagram story as well. We'll be a little bit easier with two people. Uh, I won't have to talk constantly and uh, grind myself into the earth. But the Panthers, uh, the, the amount of early ball they had and the possession was just insane. Um, I can't believe the Cowboys managed to hold on. I think they went into halftime 16-0, and fuck, that was impressive. I think any other team the Panthers would have put... 30-plus points on in that first half. They were looking incredible. The Cowboys, they were saved a couple of times. Obviously, Isaac Tungo, his elbow hit the sideline at one point. Uh, There was a couple of forced dropouts that they got back. I'll say this about the Cowboys, and I think I spoke about it on the live show, and not just uh, about the Cowboys, just in general. I don't understand why more teams don't go for these short kickoffs. And you know what? Even if you don't get your short kickoffs back, um, you know, you, you get to sort of slow down that play, the ball, and you only have to go up 10 metres and come back. Whereas, you know, if you're defending... If if you kick it off to you know the sixty meter line, and we go oh fuck what a play that's very that's that's heaps good. I mean that's where teams practice their set starting. That's a perfect sort of spot to start your set and work your way into it and really get on the front foot. And for for me, I would much rather defend on my try line than forty meters out. And that sounds a little bit crazy, but your try line is the easiest spot to defend. Yeah, there's let like the the other team has to get a lot deeper. You can come up. You can only you only have to come up five, six, seven metres. You don't have to go up the full 10 with huge line speed and, and you can defend your line well. If, if your defence is good and you can back yourself in, which the Cowboys are one of those teams, I would be going short kickoff all the time. I can't believe how often teams just kick at 60 metres and let these front rowers charge at them and get on the front foot. It just seems crazy to me. So I like the tactic that they used there. It didn't come off for them every single time, but even when it didn't, even though, well, it, it it, pr- it pretty much did, to be fair. As long as you're not kicking it out on the full, um, I, I really do think it, it, it's a good ploy that more teams um, should be using. I thought Leota and Fisher-Harris, they were huge in the first 25 minutes there. They had so much ball. They took so many hit-ups. They were great. Um, but, you know, I thought the Cowboys' D, considering everything Penrith threw at them, like, that is the best attacking team in this competition. Arguably one of the best attacking teams we've ever seen with 70% possession for the first 25 minutes. And they came up with... You know, 16 points. I mean, fuck, fuck. I, I thought it was a really good effort uh, by the North Queensland Cowboys. Uh, and you've got to also consider, like, Scott Drinkwater, that's probably the worst game he's played in a number of years. It happens to people. Um, the Panthers, their defense, it also just frustrates you into these sort of things. Uh, I thought that some of the Cowboys' back rowers, Ruben Cotter, 63 tackles. This doesn't shock me in the slightest. This is the guy I spoke about all preseason. Hopefully, in about an hour, he gets named in the Queensland Maroons side. But it was Nanai that stood out for me. 51 tackles. He only missed four. It was only six weeks ago he was making 
fucking 18 and missing 10. Um, a sensational effort by Nano. I didn't think he had this sort of performance in him. And I think the other night might have just played his way into a state of origin appearance, which is sensational for him. I didn't think he was any chance to get picked a week or two ago. Uh, a huge knock there. Reese Robson as well, 51 points. Very, very impressive. Uh, halves were good. Cleary and uh, Jerome Luai, very solid once again, as was Dylan Edwards. So underrated, Edward. <laughs> it's not even funny. Sometimes I feel like he's not underrated, but I'm like, fuck, he still is. No one even spoke about him uh, the other night. And even in the call myself, I, I I I didn't talk about him as much as I probably should have. So uh, I think there were six Panthers named in the New South Wales Blues side. Well-deserved. And I think there will be a couple of Cowboys named today in the Queensland side. Broncos, 35 over the Titans, 24. What a shit fight this was. Um, fans booing Haas. Weirdly consistently, I was kind of impressed with how consistent they were. Uh, Haas out there doing his very best, but just tough conditions. Um, I I really don't know what, what to read into this situation. Uh, to be honest with you, he's now going to go into New South Wales camp, so he won't be around Brisbane uh, for the next you know, 10, 12 days, whatever it might be. It's going to be interesting to see how this one plays out. But the Brisbane fans, fuck, they went in on him. Uh, the Titans, they started really well. I thought Jaden Campbell was incredible to start, uh, to the point where me and Kempi were texting, sort of saying, fuck, if something was to happen that a fullback goes down, is this the sort of guy that you start to look at, a Jaden Campbell, potentially? Uh, he was just... He was very, very impressive uh, to start there. I thought that Sexton and Brimo, they were sensational as well to start the game. Sexton obviously got injured during this game, uh, which was disappointing, uh, but... Yes, yeah, so Sexton Brimo were fantastic. I'm expecting Brimo to be named in the Queensland squad today. I don't think he will play in it, but I think he'll be there and thereabouts. Um, 24 to 4 at half time. Uh, they're all over Brisbane. It was just, <laughs> I can't believe how this played out. They obviously had um, a couple of Simbins and whatnot. They were down to 11 at one point. Isan Masters coming up with. With all due respect to Isar Masters, that might have been the dumbest play of the entire NRL season. Well, I thought it was until a little bit later in this game, but that play by Isar Masters was just fucking crazy. But Sam McIntyre sent off in the 31st minute, and then Isan does that in the 32nd to put them down to 11 when they're up. And they're struggling for their season. I just, fuck, it was hard to watch. Um, you know, Selwyn Cobbo, he obviously scored in the next minute. And then Fafita managed to save their ass with a try that only Fafita could score against 11. But 24-4 to at halftime. Titans are looking good. You know, they've lost these games before, so you were a little bit nervous. And the Broncos, they've been a second-half team all season. Uh, and then it all just started to fall apart. Now, it's sort of, the, the moment for me that stood out was the short kickoff. Now, fuck. I'll be honest with you. I just, I just can't imagine a world where if this would have happened twelve months ago, where someone would have stood behind the try line and said, "Hey, we're up by fourteen. There's twenty five minutes to go. Let's go for a short kickoff." And Jamal Fogarty would have said, "No, let's not fucking do that. Let's do anything else. Kick the ball down there. Stay in the field position game. Do not." go for a short kickoff and risk it all and give away 50 metres. That's fucking crazy. And I can't imagine a world where in 12 months' time, Kieran Foran is standing behind the sticks and someone says short kickoff and he doesn't say, no, that's ridiculous, just kick it deep. And this was a classic moment where you had inexperienced heads making inexperienced decisions going all in when they didn't need to. They didn't need to in any way, shape or form. Even more disappointing in off that short kickoff, and I'm not going to hold it against Tino because he's a champion player, a champion bloke, but this is once again where experience matters. Um, you know, Tino had an opportunity to potentially grab that ball, but he thought the rule was that it had to bounce past the 40-meter line. Now, 
Now, this sort of shit happens, don't get me wrong, uh, but, I mean, does that happen at the Chooks, at the at the Penrith Panthers, at the Melbourne Storm? Experience matters. This is where you need key experience, guys. Tino, though, I thought he had a huge game outside of that. I thought he was massive. But you do that short kickoff, all of a sudden you've got a back row running length of the field and you're standing behind your goals the next set going, what the fuck just happened? We were just up by 14 now we're up by eight, and this team's got a heap of momentum. All of a sudden, they manage to lose by eleven. It just it just gives them a little bit of confidence. Uh, and uh, you know, Stags he went close two or three times to scoring. I had him as my supercoach captain, so that was a bit fucking frustrating to watch. Ezra Mam came up with some huge plays. That pass that he threw out to Corey Oates was just incredible. I saw Kempe's TikTok during the week saying that Ezra Mam last year on Indigenous round he was part of the performance out on the field um, pre-game. Now he's the half back for them and was probably one of the best on the field. So unbelievable to see. I thought Paddy Carrigan was great as well. He's going to play himself straight into a state of origin jersey early this morning as well. Um, Brisbane, good win without Adam Reynolds. Good to get away with that one. Titans, more of the same, more pain, more disappointment. Uh, Once again, comes down to experience, unfortunately, for the Gold Coast Titans, and they lack a lot of it in their team at the moment. They will get Kieran Foran next year, uh, which will definitely help. There's no doubt about that. But, uh, yeah, it's going to, regardless of having falls or whatever, it is going to be um, a long game for the Gold Coast Titans, who are currently sitting in 14th on the NRL ladder. Very disappointing. All right, let's move to the Warriors and the Knights. Uh, I think these teams were very lucky that they were playing each other. The Warriors started well, 10-0 after eight minutes. Like, it doesn't get better than that. It does not get better than that in the NRL. To lead 10-0 after eight minutes, uh, yeah, I mean, you can't ask for anything more. I thought Milf and Clifford, they look really good together. It's their first game together, obviously. Uh, Clifford's first game in a few weeks. I thought he bounced back really well, set up a try there, looked good. I think Milf, he's just... He's just moving well. He threw a couple of forward passes and made a few errors here and there. I understand that. Uh, but the way that he's moving, and that's what matters with Milf, it's, it's it's the pace at which he's moving and how agile he is, and he looks fucking good to me at the moment. I think over the next few weeks, he's going to make a real impact for Newcastle, and I think having a guy like Milford in this side could quite possibly drag them out of that bottom four sort of race. They don't look like a bottom four team to me when, when, when Milford's on the field playing the way he is, but fuck, they still struggled against the Warriors who do look like a bottom four team to me. So we'll see how Newcastle go over the next few few weeks. Uh, Jacob Saifidi, they're going to lose him. Tyson Brazell, Dane Gagai, so a big test for them during the origin period. Uh, for the Warriors, Chanel Harris-Tavita was pretty disappointing, as was Sean Johnson. I'm starting to wonder if SJ needs a bit of a spell. Uh, you know, you, you you read the stats last week, two try assists, scored a try, had a try assist on the weekend. Uh, you actually watch with the eye test, and he's all over the place. He's fucking all over the place. Um, kicking out on the full, just doing un- like unshorn Johnson. I know that's not a word, but very unshorn Johnson plays consistently. Um, it's getting hard to watch SJ, and I think that they're starting to be... Um, I think they're starting to turn into a somewhat unhappy camp, to be honest with you. Just some of the body language stuff that I see. And I think that Reese Walsh is the one that's sort of trying to keep them upbeat and hold them together. Every time there's a mistake, he's running around like a chook with his head cut off, you know, patting blokes on the head and trying to keep the attitude up. But not looking good over there at the Warriors. I'm not sure if CHT, I mean, if he's not going to play next year, with all due respect to him, I love CHT, but... 
I don't know if you can keep picking him. Uh, he wasn't overly impressive on the weekend. I think RC probably comes back into the six. Maybe there's an opportunity to give Ronald Volkman a shot there too, a kid that I'm a huge fan of. Um, I thought for Newcastle, KP, he looked dangerous. He he, he looked really good the other day. Uh, David Clemmer, strong again. Daniel Safiti got injured, so it's going to be a big month for David Clemmer. Um, might be a guy to look out for Supercoach, especially if Daniel's injured and Jacob's off playing State of Origin, a really interesting one. Um, the Warriors. They they make so many fundamental errors that you just you they're, they're just bonehead errors that you cannot put your finger on. Then you look up the scoreboard and go, they're still hanging in games despite every time they shit the bed and every time they do something wrong, which is constantly, they're still in games. If they could just get this stuff sorted out, they could be a decent little footy side. But fuck, they're just they're frustrating to watch. To be honest with you, um, in the last seventy minutes of the game, they scored one try, which was off a kick. Uh, I think they scored three tries off kicks last week. So they really are battling for points in New Zealand Warriors, and their defense isn't great. I thought that, considering they were without Matt Lodge and without Adam Fanua Blake, I thought they actually played reasonably well um, through the middle. I don't think Newcastle absolutely dominated them through there, like I probably anticipated they would. Uh, so they are resilient. You, you and Aikens are fucking goer too. Harris, same thing. Um, Jazz, you know, obviously played in the front row, a little bit out of position for him, but they've got guys that are willing to go the entire 80. You know, they just, those fundamental errors just kill them. Uh, Let's move to the Tigers and the Bunnies game. Tigers 18, Bunnies 44. I was really worried about South Sydney when this game started. I tipped the Tigers for an upset, how wrong I was. But um, Ilias threw the intercept, and then he he, a a couple of missed tackles um, cost his team again. So all of a sudden, Tigers led early, and I I sort of felt they were both off the back of Ilias' intercept and some missed tackles by him. So I was starting to get a little bit worried that you know, he might get hooked for Blake Taff. He bounced back a little bit later in the game, though. Uh, the Tigers were up. What were they up? 10-0 after eight minutes. Same as the New Zealand Warriors. Two games on the trot uh, that teams managed to lose. And from the 23rd minute onwards, from about the, the 20th minute onwards, it was just all South Sydney. Um, the Indigenous boys really clicked into gear. Alex Johnson scoring a hat-trick, which was sensational seeing Cody Walker. Pretty quiet for the first 60 minutes and the last 20 minutes just exploded, scoring two meaties there. Jackson Paulo scored at the back end. Uh, Campbell Graham's a guy I want to touch on, though. Three tries and one try. He was incredible. His silky hands were great. I think he's pretty unlucky not to be in this New South Wales Blues squad. I know a lot of people are blowing up that Suwali's there and Campbell Graham isn't. I think it's just an experience thing for Suwali, to be honest with you, and Campbell Graham had that opportunity last year. Uh, so I, I just think once you've had that one origin experience and opportunity to be in the squad, I think Freddie wants to share it around. So I, I don't think it's an indication that Sawali's a better player than Campbell Graham or Freddie holds him higher. I just think it's the experience thing and Campbell Graham had that opportunity last year. Just on Alex Johnson, uh, we're going to talk about it on Bloke in a Bar today, but just some stats. So AJ is the highest ever try scorer at South Sydney at the age of 27 years old. So Nathan Merritt, he was a guy that held the record before. Merritt scored 146 tries in 218 games. AJ has scored 147 tries in 178 games. So it's taken him 40 less games to achieve what Nathan Merritt did at the South Sydney Rabbitohs. Now, 
Credit to Nathan Merritt, and I think we we always need to remember this, and Nathan Merritt did this during a period where South Sydney were battling to make the eight. Sometimes they were battling to avoid a spoon for the vast majority of his career, but to do it in 40 less games is incredibly impressive. So AJ's strike rate at the moment is a try every 0.82 games, so just under one try a game. If he plays the same amount of games as Ken Irvine did, he will be sitting at 194 tries, 18 tries behind Ken's record of 212. Now, Ken uh, played, I think he played 220 games or something along those lines. Uh, so, obviously, I think it was 200. And actually, I'll, I'll get the stats up so I can tell you exactly Ken Irvine's record. Uh, but... Like it really is in, within the realms of possibility for uh, Alex Johnson to manage to break this record. What I will say, obviously, we're relying on injuries and everything. Yeah, 236 games Ken played, scoring 212 tries. So I'm probably expecting uh, AJ to play a little bit more than that. Um, at, so at his career try scoring rate, AJ will need will need 260 games to knock off Irvine's record. That's 82 more games, essentially four more seasons, which will make him 31. Um, this season, he scored 11 in 12 games, on track to have a top three season in his career right now. So he isn't really slowing down at the moment. You would have to think at some point, AJ will slow down, I think, once Cody Walker retires as well, because you would have to think that's going to happen in the next two to three years. Um then it could get difficult. I think the only thing standing in AJ's way is injury. One, as you get older, injuries become more and more of an issue and him staying in the NRL. Now, I know that sounds crazy to say, oh, of course he'll be in the NRL. Look at how well he's going. But it wasn't that long ago that South Sydney were willing to let him go. Uh, and it's not even just staying at the NRL. It's simply staying at the South Sydney Rabbitohs. Uh, so it's going to be interesting to see how that plays out if AJ is willing to take some pay cuts, if the South Sydney Rabbitohs want to move money on elsewhere. I think over the next few years, you're going to see Cody Walker retire. You'll see Damien Cook retire. So there will be a bit of a transition period. And it's going to be interesting to see where AJ lands out of all that. But he's definitely within uh, reaching distance of breaking Ken Irvine's record. Assuming no injuries, none of that stuff, he should break it and he should do it as a one-club man. Uh, if he does go to another club in the NRL, hopefully he can still break that record because Ken Irvine did it across two clubs anyway. But to see AJ become the highest try scorer in rugby league history as a one-club man at South Sydney uh, would be something pretty special. So we do wish him all the very best there. Uh, yeah, I, the one, I'll say this about uh, Cody Walker as well. I love how he makes every single week personal. Uh, he went after Hastings this week. You saw him getting stuck into him. It was Brad Schneider last week. Whoever he's playing, he makes it personal. We've seen him in the past go after Cooper Cronk when they were playing the Chooks. I love that about Cody Walker. I know that some people don't like it or think it's grubby or whatever. Personally, I love that Cody Walker makes it personal and he goes after the opposition. A good win by the Bunnies. They really did need that one. Bringing Cam Murray back seemingly was a masterstroke. It took them to a new level. Uh, they desperately needed that one. I thought the front rowers were really good as well. Uh, Havili, wow, what a performance by Havili. Scoring that try off the Cam Murray run. Little story about Havili. There was a couple of years ago when he was at the Canberra Raiders and, you know, he was a bit of a fringe first grade. He was sort of always in their top 30. Sometimes he'd be on the bench, sometimes he wouldn't. Um, and the Brumbies, they launched their season. They launched their season and they asked every Canberra club, so netball, rugby league, baseball, whatever the hell it might be, all of the, the big-time clubs there to send one player as like a, a, an opening in the season with like a Canberra vibe to it, re representing all the teams from around the area. So they all showed up in their polos and in their tracksuits and all this sort of stuff. They sent Paul Havili um, in his 
full kit, so boots, socks, shorts, a jersey, uh, and he was standing out there on the field like a Canberra Raiders model showing off their, their new kit uh, next to all these other athletes who are in their, their track suits and their polos and whatnot. So uh, he's, he's come a long way, Havili. He's come a long, long way. I'm sure he would have been pretty uncomfortable that night, as I would have been. Uh, left the Canberra Raiders where he'd been there for so long as sort of a backup hooker, backup lock forward. He's gone to South Sydney, and um, you know I, I don't really see him playing too many minutes at, at hooker moving forward. They've got Cody Nicarima, they've got Pete, Peter Mamazellos, and he's, he's obviously addressed that, and he's just turned himself into a middle forward, and he's going hard, and I absolutely love that. So congratulations to Havili. The late game, the Sydney Roosters 36 over the Sharkies 16. The Chooks' first half was insane. That's the, uh, that's the Roosters that we've come to know over the last few years, and they sent out a scary little warning to the rest of the competition. Uh, no doubt what... Well, no shock that the Roosters' best half of football lined up with Luke Keary's best half of football of the year. I thought he was great. I thought Walker and Teddy around him, they just sort of found their place, which is super exciting for Roosters fans. The only thing I'll say is that it's an interesting time to find your rhythm because now Teddy's going to leave, Lindsay Collins is going to leave. They do get to keep Angus Crichton, which is good, but Daniel Tupu leaves as well. So you're going to have new combinations now coming into this side, but Teddy's the big loss. Teddy's the big one there, uh, the, the gel that just holds this team together. Teddy's going to walk out. Joey Manu's going to come into the fullback role, who's a weapon. Don't get me wrong, but he's very different to Teddy, and it sort of changes their structures again. So just as they hit their best form, finally gelling together, Teddy has to leave. He'll be in and out over the next six weeks, and then when he does get back... I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me, because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. They're also then going to have to sort of re-gel by bringing, by, by bringing Victor Adley back into this team as well. So it's going to really test this Roosters team and a big test for Robbo over the next six to eight weeks. But you would ra- as a Roosters fan, you would rather them find some form now than never. Uh, so it was good to see them dominate the Sharkies like that. I thought their middles were great. Uh, Collins, Takiaho, Rhea Hargraves, I thought they were unreal. Sawali, his defense was incredible. So impressive. Uh, we obviously saw him put shots on uh, Viliami Kikau over the last few weeks, but what he did what, what, what he did against the Sharkies here, his cover defense, just his online defense, and his reads, I was very, very impressed with Joseph Suwali. He's going to be a serious pro- fucking problem. For the Sharkies, um, look, they played they played 20 minutes of Sharks football and absolutely dominated the Chooks during that period. We know what they can do. They just need to find that consistency, and maybe we went off a little bit early in, in the season when it looked like the Sharks had just worked it all out. They'd all gelled together. They've had a few injuries since then. Guys have been in and out of the squad. That's going to continue to happen over the origin period, pending what happens with Nico Hines. Uh, but as Craig Fitzgibbon said, they are a team that has recently come together. They aren't a five-year team. They're a five-month team, essentially. So it is going to take time, but it shows them a good benchmark of where they're at against the Roosters uh, in this game. I think their right edge, uh, defensively, they, they really did struggle in this game. You've got, obviously, Britton Okora, Connor Tracy, these sort of guys. Uh, the Roosters really 
pulled them apart in that one. So an interesting test for that right-hand side. Katoa out on the sting too. Uh, the left edge, I thought they looked better with Teague Wilton in there. Didn't win the game. Didn't look overly impressive as a side, but I think that... Teague is the answer over Wade Graham at the moment, as hard as that is to say for me, because I love Wado. Uh, but yeah, interesting to see what the Sharkies do moving forward with those guys. Congratulations to Hazelton. I think it was that made his debut off the bench. Great to see. Um, let's move to the Dragons and the Canterbury Bulldogs. And the headline here, Blake Laurie scores his first NRL try. Great to see. I know the weekly rubdown boys will be super excited about that one. Uh, I thought Zach Lomax had a really good game. We spoke earlier about Campbell Graham having some great touches to potentially put himself in the origin frame. I thought Lomax uh, was sensational as well. Uh, I thought both teams played well early. I thought the Dogs' middles in Thompson, Vaughan and King were really good to start the game. Uh, Matt Dufty, he bounced back from an absolute disaster game. I thought he was going to get dropped after last week. I really did. He needed this. I think he had three try assists in that game, and he was sensational. Beating Benny Hunt at one point, you could see how filthy Ben Hunt was. Uh, but well done to Matt Dufty. I thought he was in all sorts. Uh, but for him to bounce back in that game against his former club at Belmore, great to see. Not enough to get a win, uh, but no doubt about it. Dufty, he can hold his head high because that was a cracking performance. Jake Avarillo showing what he can do at right centre, scoring two tries. Very, very impressive. I'd love to see him get closer to the ball. I'd love to see him in the one jersey, but Dufty as Dufty does, he's probably just brought himself a bit more time in the fullback jersey. Josh Haddokar, it was hard to watch. It was tough to watch. I reckon that he'd heard all the noise that he was probably out of the New South Wales side. He knew he was in for a big performance and uh, just felt like he was trying a bit too hard at times. Came up with some really poor defensive reads, a couple of errors as well. Very unlike Josh Adokar. I think you could see uh, that it got to him a little bit there. Uh, we spoke about this last year on Bloke in a Bar. That'll be interesting to see if we get to origin time and guys that are former representative stars are missing out because their team's not going so well. I thought Jack would be an automatic, as I know a lot of you guys do, but he's a bit of a worry now, realistically. I thought Benny Hunt, he was great for the St. George Illawarra Dragons. are going to really struggle, I think, without him over the next few weeks. I thought Cody Ramsey, uh, I've got to give credit to him. I wouldn't have picked him. I thought it was a shit pick by Hook, but fuck, he's playing well there, there Cody Ramsey. I thought he, he, he was very impressive. Dragons packed. They just hung in there. They just hang in the contest, and this is the sort of team that Hook wanted to build. It's, build. it's never going to be overly pretty, let's be honest here, uh, but they're just going to hang in the contest, and that's what they did against Canterbury. As we said it wasn't pretty no doubt about it they won by 10 points wasn't great uh but this is what the, the, the this forward pack has, has been put together to do jack bird not a bad game couple of missed tackles there which was a little bit disappointing from birdie probably needs to be a little bit better uh but yeah that game it, it is what it is both these teams were pretty poor i thought uh another game that i thought they were probably lucky to be playing each other but yeah well done to matt dufty bouncing back from an awful performance last week i think he really really needed that all right, the Parramatta Eels 28 over the Raiders 20. This was probably the game of the week for me. Dill Brown and Mitch Moses were sensational. Dylan came up with some huge plays in this game. It looked like he was injured at one point, played through it, and he was great. Um, for me, I love the try assist that Moses had to Bailey Simonson in the second half. If you watch the play, he's going to the right-hand side, and he turns his back row under him, maybe near Corey off the top of my head. Um, and Hudson Young absolutely hammers him, puts him on the deck. 
He stands back up and the ball comes back his way. Moses picks himself off the canvas, gets the ball and takes them on again and puts Simonson over in the corner. Just a, just a great moment for Mitch Moses. He then converted the goal with one of the best conversions you'll see from the right touchline. Absolutely struck it. It was never missing. Um, look, Parramatta win this game 28-20. to 20. Uh, I thought Parramatta were good. I thought I thought Canberra were, were, were good too as well. You know, these, these like I think both teams played to the ability that I expect both these teams to play. The Raiders, they should be competing against top four teams. And Parramatta, they should be playing the way they did and, and moving the ball around like they were. Um, Savage, there was a moment there, the 39th minute, just going into half time, and he's got to return the ball out of his own end. And this is the little inexperienced plays that we see from Savage. He runs out of his own end, holding the ball like a tennis ball, you know, and gets a little bit of contact and drops the ball. Uh, Isaiah Papali had the opportunity to put the right winger over at the end of that half, and all of a sudden that game could have been over for the Canberra Raiders if he would have landed that pass. Luckily for Savage, he didn't, but a little lesson for him there, no doubt about it. You can see in the second half he came out holding the football, uh, you know, with his hand and and with his wrist as well. So I think Ricky had a chat to him about that at halftime, and that's just one of those lessons that Xavier Savage has to learn. He is very confident. Um, he is very excited when he's out there playing, which is great to see, and he comes up with some big plays. But there are those little things that he needs to sort out in his game. There is no doubt about that whatsoever. I thought it was interesting how Ricky used his hookers. Uh, Tom Starling, he's always been like a 60-minute guy in this side. He turned into a 30-minute guy yesterday with Wolford playing 50-odd minutes and thought Wolford was good without being great. But personally, um, if I was Parramatta, I was happy to have Wolford out there. It's Starling that would have worried me a little bit more. So an interesting one there by Ricky Stewart. Uh, I thought Josh Papali, outside of a missed tackle on Dylan Brown that he scored off, I thought he was great. His offloads in the in the first half were really killing Parramatta matter. He looked very strong. And of course, Josh Papali hits form just in time for Origin, doesn't he? Fucking unreal. Uh, Sean Lane, I thought that was his best game in a while. He was he was unbelievable. Uh, very Sean Lane, he's just so up and down. I can never get a read on which Sean Lane's going to show up. Even during games, he can be up and down. But yesterday was one of his better games. Joey Tapanay, his opening 30 minutes was incredible. The commentators mentioned it as well. He was just going a million miles an hour. And I think he's a guy that I'm going to bring into my Supercoach team for next week. Got to work out on beers and break-evens what my trades are going to be this week. We're waiting for that to unlock so we can have a squiz at it, uh, but we'll let you know then. Timmy away. Uh, so we've got another one of the boys from the Supercoach Playbook joining us, which will be very exciting. This Parramatta Raiders game, exciting all round, though. I did enjoy this one. It was probably game of the week for me. Uh, it really had me on the edge of my seat. Some great footy by both sides. Canberra will be disappointed to lose, uh, but I don't think they played poorly. I think they just played a top shelf team so hopefully it doesn't stop their momentum guys that rounds out our rapid review stay tuned we will have our live reaction to the Queensland Maroons squad that is named this morning hopefully at nine o'clock hopefully we can hammer that out and then we can head into bloke in a bar studios there uh so stay tuned for that one uh plenty more to come on the rugby league guru podcast Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. 
That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market.